Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started oli is the ceo of defense.com and bulletproof and has over 20 years of experience in it security in the interview oli delves into the challenges and joys of entrepreneurship He emphasizes the importance of embracing both the technical and financial aspects of leadership. He also candidly shares insights into managing growth, the evolving role of a CEO, and the delicate balance between delegating responsibilities and maintaining a hands-on approach. He advocates for a positive and transparent culture and acknowledges the necessity of vulnerability in the journey to leadership success. Hey Oli Welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hey, Samet. Nice to meet you, and uh, thanks for asking me to join. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a bit about yourself and what keeps you busy these days? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm CEO of essentially two different companies now. The story around that, I guess, we'll get into more detail on. But my my history, my experience has always been in cybersecurity. I've been doing it for about twenty something years. various different roles working for american based businesses for most of that and along that journey i met our chairman and we co-founded the defense.com company that we're currently really focused on and then we've also got the proof which is our consulting business and uh, yeah so i've spent the last 6 years growing those companies and the the real focus has been taking uh, bulletproof especially from 800k revenue to now 11 million of revenue and uh, 3 million EBITDA so that's really what keeps me busy most of the time always been a, a bit of a tech nerd so always loved innovation security has always been part of that my kind of real focus and passion is around helping organizations to improve their cybersecurity so taking them from a immature cybersecurity uh, strategy up to a really mature strategy and that's really where our focus has always been within our brands Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So before we get into the details, can you share how did you get to starting like one company? Like how did entrepreneurship came about, and then the second one? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Mark, our chairman, he, we bumped into each other along our journeys. So I, I was working for an American-based company and we were providing security solutions to businesses. And one of those technologies was something that Bulletproof needed at the very early onset um, of building out Bulletproof as a company. And so Mark came to me after I'd met him and said, look, um, I think you've got a real passion for security. I love your kind of approach, your innovation. And he, and he said to me, look, I want you to come and help me build this business up because it was very early on. And there was a handful of people in the business. And initially I said, no, I just actually take it on another role for us, other security company in the cloud security space. And I was really interested in understanding that, that space. I had to go on a director role there. But eventually Mark came back to me about a year later. And at the time I said to him, look, I'm doing this other thing. Eventually he came back and wore me down and said, look, I really want you to come and join us. Like, this is a really exciting opportunity, I think. And he asked me to come on as managing director. And so I thought, look, this is a great opportunity to get to be a bit more in control of the, the destiny, the journey of a, of a company. And one of the very early on conversations that Mark and I had was, what do we think is the future from a cybersecurity perspective? What do businesses need? Where are they struggling? And we were both really passionate about innovation. We really wanted to build something that was different. It wasn't about growing a company to being like a huge revenue generator. It wasn't about being the biggest or just from a revenue perspective. It was more about how do we solve problems for people? Like how do we yeah. simplify and innovate? And cybersecurity is one of those industries where it's just, it seems to be that the more complex the cybersecurity problem is, the more complicated the solution becomes. And we felt that so many businesses just don't have the expertise, the, the skill set, the budget to go and invest in doing these things. So we said, let's go build a SaaS company that we can make super cheap. We can make it something that gives them a lot of coverage very quickly, easy to get up and running and going. And it'd be super innovative. Again, there's other organizations doing really great innovative cybersecurity things and building great innovative solutions. But we just didn't feel like they were really targeting the right markets. And it was really validated when we would go to security events and shows and talk to businesses and they would go and talk to all the really well-known cybersecurity companies and then come to us because they said, look, these guys are saying we've got to be 500 users or a thousand users and we're a 50 man company, like, but we really care about security. We think it's a big problem. We're really worried about it. What do you guys do? And we said, okay, we've got to build this SaaS product. So that's really where, where it went from. But the, the thing is, the consulting business was always really a, a great revenue generator. You know, it was always what people really needed. And was it's one of those things where they get told you have to do a pen test or you have to do this consulting. You have to have policies. And, but many people are driven towards that. So that scaled much faster, right? It sort of grew really quickly and we needed time to go build the product. So that's really where how it came about. It was really much, very much a, a kind of initial me coming in to help grow the business, to build out the Bulletproof brands. But then along that journey, we decided to go build the SaaS product. And now mm. we've taken on a managing director in the Bulletproof business and it's been spun off into its own entity and now yeah. I'm less involved in the day-to-day of normal. Yeah. So before, before I, once again, before I come to that, you said you were a nerd, you understand yeah. cybersecurity very well. Uh, but that's a technical part, right? Business, running a business is, is something very different. So how yeah. was that uh, journey for you, right? Being a CEO, sales, talking yeah. business or talking to people who do not understand security or technology. Yeah. How has that growth has been for you, which has led to that success uh, over a period of years? Yeah, look, it helps to have a chairman that's done it before, right? Our chairman is a serial entrepreneur. He's built many businesses from the ground. Mm. 
I learned a lot from Mark around just the general business day to day and how to grow and scale the businesses. And also it's about being a bit, being brave, right? When you come into this and you're not, you've not been an entrepreneur before, sometimes it's being brave enough to have the guts to say, let's just go do it. And that was what Mark was always. He was that, the person that sat behind me going, we just need to do this. Let's just go do it. Let's go build it. Let's go rehab the, the guts to go and do it. So that really helped. I obviously was always very close to leadership, just took on leadership positions in my previous roles. So I had an understanding of how to manage people, how to coach people, how to best out people in a team. And yeah, of course it wasn't, ne it's never been easy. I think it's, I think it's funny at the early stage it was all, it felt easier when we were a 20 man company, we were all in the same room. It felt really fun, easy. And I was sitting there thinking like, why is everyone complaining about being an entrepreneur? This is easy. We're, we're doing great. We're growing fast. We're, we're hiring more people. We're self-funded. We're not raising any money. It's great. And then a few years later, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is getting really hard. It's because you're scaling fast. You're bringing on more people. You're trying to raise money. And we can definitely talk about how difficult that is. And you start to realize that you're not rolling your sleeves up as much anymore or you do, but you probably shouldn't be. You should be working uh -huh. on the this rather than in this in the business and everybody talks about that and whenever i listen to any other podcasts or read books or hear people talk about growing a business it's always that <laughs> wanting to get to that point where you can work on the business rather than in it but i've always been a like you say a bit of a nerd like wanting to lead from the front I had the experience mm -hmm. in the security space knew how to how to talk to customers and how to convince them that our solution was the right product for them and to show them and demonstrate how the product can really help that company, but you probably are not scalable like that. You need to get yeah. other people involved. You need to coach people to help them. But I think a lot of it is also just a bit of, I've always been the type of person that was driven by data. So I've always wanted to gather as much information as possible. And it, certainly in talking to investors and, and, and uh, investment banking uh, partnerships as well, it's been very clear that there's many organizations out there that don't even think about that early on, but we always did. We always wanted to have the data to drive our decisions. But I think having a gut gut instinct is also quite key. If you don't have that gut, it's you don't get the blend of innovation. You into plateau as a business, I feel. You need to have a bit of gut instinct to say, no, we've got to go for this. So yeah, it's been very difficult. And of course, you need to learn more skills, different skills going yeah. into it to learn. I've previously done both delivering of the work that we do today, consulting people to improve yeah. security. And then I've been on the management side and I've been close to, as a director, close to strategy and helping businesses mm -hmm. strategy. But getting more involved in the financial aspects of things and understanding that has, has been something that has been an ongoing lesson, really, to really understand how to, how to view the business and how to understand it correctly. Yeah. And I think if you have stepped away or like uh, delegated one business to somebody else or a team, that already shows that you have done that because other than that, there is no other way to actually yeah. be leading multiple companies, multiple teams and having things running smoothly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have, you have to put the faith in other people as well. I think too many leaders, especially. Was that difficult for you? As techies, I think uh, I have been a techie. So I can be very detail-oriented and sometimes it's difficult to let go and trust others. So how was that journey for you? Yeah, I think you naturally gravitate to the things that you're really passionate about, right? So still on the technical side, I'm probably more closer to that than I am more on the finance side. You have to put a lot of faith in others. Obviously, as the director of a company, you have the responsibility to validate what they're doing is accurate and you have a, it's a really a huge amount of responsibility. 
again, it's something that I talk regularly to people that when they have these career ideas of, I want to become a, a director or I want to join the board, or I want to be a bit more responsible for the business. You have to say to them, it's a balancing act, right? It's a bit of a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. So I've always said to people that you, you really need to know why you want to do that. Like, why do you want to take more responsibility on? Is it just because you think you're going to get paid more money or you, do you genuinely have an mm-hmm. interest in this thing? Management, too many people dive into management thinking that it's just a career progression next step. I need to do it. And I've always said avoid it, but I've always said just make sure you really are doing it for the right reasons. If it's just about money and career progression, n- not many people actually land up enjoying management. They prefer mm-hmm. to do love. And maybe, that's, maybe that is management. Maybe that is what you love doing. So from my perspective, it's always about bringing the right people into the roles that I can trust. And I've always been like, no matter, whenever I've hired somebody, even before I was the, the CEO yeah. of this and, and working in other businesses, I've always wanted self people that are fairly self-sustaining, people that are able to really not just get on and do their job, but are, are able to roll their sleeves up and do other things. And you can put a bit of responsibility on them. And when you're growing a business in the very early stages, you need everybody to be like that. You can't have people that take a step back and go, that's not my job. You know, mm. they have to be the type of people like, I don't know how to do that, but I'm willing to give it a go as long as you support me. And so I've always br- brought people into the business and we've mentored them to be able to be that person, to take on that responsibility. And we, again, it's, it's one of those startup things, right? You can't afford to bring in the best CTO and the COO mm. and this CFO. You've got to bring people on that you think can do that in the future. And you've got to have the confidence in building them. Uh, and helping them to grow to be that person so many of the people in our leadership team are people that have come up through the ranks and we've trained and mentored and and helped to mold them into the the person we need within the business and they're very self-sustaining rolling the sleeves up type of people that self-starters that can go on and get on with things and we can give them any sort of project really in any area and they'll go and succeed at doing that Uh, so i've always been fairly comfortable with that and also we've not just dived in and said okay here you go get on with it now. We've always been, let's bring somebody up and then say, actually, they look like they're going to be great successes for us. They could be a great managing director and giving them a bit more exposure to the rest of the business in order for them to be able to do that. Yeah. And now as we also come towards the end of our year and with this journey behind you, what are your biggest challenges or pain points right now? And what are they preventing you from achieving or creating coming years? Yeah, look, I think there's two things. Our financial year doesn't end until uh, until April mm-hmm. next year. So we're still working through our financial year. But yeah, you, you did have to reflect back on a year generally don't you? As, a, as, an, as, as a human being. Yeah. You sort of go, wow, what a year. Um, I would say you know, it's been particularly challenging. I think in general, but business is challenging at the moment, right? It's, we've had two or three of the most challenging years to grow a company. And we've been lucky, I would say. Not necessarily lucky, but I think we're just planned well and we've been great at strategizing going to be doing and we've taken the fight to the challenge to some degree and we've continued to grow the businesses over the last two years where it's been a lot of challenges from a business perspective but it's been hard right it's not been easy like i said earlier it's been very difficult but there's two kind of different challenges for us really we've got two separate entities now you've got a consulting business which is doing really well and growing really fast and we've I've now positioned a managing director into that business and provided them the kind of responsibility to be able to go on and be successful and, and continue to grow that company. And I think that will continue to do really well. And then we've got this kind of startup SaaS business, which is, it's really new. And then these things don't just suddenly overnight become successes unless you're really lucky. 
And there's a lot of work to it's a lot of work about brand building and people understanding and putting faith and trust in the product. Mm. And that's difficult to build, especially in the cybersecurity space, because there's a lot of misunderstanding around cybersecurity, lack of knowledge, but people really want to be able to trust a cybersecurity company, obviously. And they, I think they've also been burnt over the years, many businesses by buying security products that haven't delivered. So for us, it's really about how do we really grow that business now? And we talk a lot about product-led growth and SaaS companies talk a lot about product-led growth. I'm still tra- tackling concept mm. security space. I'm not sure that it really is even possible yet because I think businesses want to validate too much the cybersecurity business. They don't just go and click on a link and trial something and then just buy it. They have yeah. the confidence. What are these companies? Is this a, valid, you know, a reputable company? Yeah. And we their, their capabilities. The really our challenge over the next year um, going forward is just really scaling that brand like we have done with Bulletproof brands and really understanding and getting into, I, I, I agree with a lot of people that say you need to obsess really about the customer. I think you, too many times we've also done the same thing. You worry too much about your competition. You look around what everybody else is doing and saying, wow, they look amazing. They look great. We should do what they're doing. And you get distracted away from the actual problem that you're trying to solve, which is your customers. You're trying to solve a problem for your customer. Yeah. And how do you yeah. better understand that customer? So for us doing that now is for, for me on the SaaS, the SaaS product side of things, it's like, how do we really obsess around that customer? How do we really understand mm. their, what they want, the pain yeah. points? How do we become that kind of painkiller for them? Mm. Yeah. It. So can you speak a little bit more to that? What is your vision? What is it that you're promising to your customers? Yeah, look, when you think about the size of organizations we're targeting, they haven't got infinite budgets. A lot of, when you look at cybersecurity, a lot of other organizations in the cybersecurity space are very focused on enterprise. And I get it. They've got plenty of money. Typically, they understand the importance of cybersecurity. They can't have their enterprise brand being tarnished by a data breach, although we've seen many of them this year for many really well-known businesses. So I think it's becoming more of a assume you're going to get breached and respond really well and effectively. But for the smaller businesses, to some degree, it's about bringing them on the journey, helping them to understand why security matters and why a lot of them have this kind of feeling that they're not going to be a target. So why do I need all these expensive cybersecurity products if I'm not really a target? I don't have interesting data. I don't have sensitive information or so they think. And it's the wrong mindset. Attackers are not that targeted often. It's more opportunistic. It's if I can make more money out of somebody by hacking their sites and holding them to ransom to give their, get their data back. It's a great opportunity. And there's many ways to do that. There's thousands of thousands of opportunities out there in businesses all around the world that millions of targets that they can go off. So it's just a matter of time. So what we're trying to do with those organizations is help them to A, understand how it's good business, ultimately. Like you can help gain more customers, generate more revenue, be more successful, and reduce the risk of impacting your bottom line by improving your overall security. And the way to do that is not that com- it doesn't have to be that complicated. And there's only a few basic things that you're probably missing already that you need to fix. It's training your staff. It's making sure that you're testing that they understand cybersecurity. It's making sure you've got preventative controls in and you're monitoring and you've got a good plan for when things do go wrong. You can respond to it fast and you can help communicate to your customers what you're doing about it. Most customers are okay with you getting breached if you've got a good explanation of what you're doing and how much of an impact it has on them. If you don't have a good answer to that and they know you've been breached, it, it's very damaging to your brand. It's for, it will it'll have cost implications it'll, from a 
costs you money because you'll have to deal with incident response and forensics and you'll have to deal with fines possibly you'll have to deal with the fallout for your customers or whatever that may be it's really important to get that right and so for us it's about helping them to understand what their pain helping them understand the pain that, that they might be facing also to help them to understand that it's actually solvable it's an you can achieve the problem you can achieve fixing that problem it's not to say that they're not ever going to get hacked if they use our technology or they follow our rules. It just means that they're going to be less likely to and you're reducing your risk. And that's ultimately what business wants to know. And I think people are getting more panicked about it. More and more businesses are sitting there and the board's going, what are we doing about security? Because I'm seeing it in the news every day. Yeah. Uh, how do we fix this problem? So yeah, we're here. As a, yeah, as a CEO, does that stretch you outside the company? Because I think that is a lot of education and a lot of communication, convincing and dealing with that, like building a community over time who will purchase and buy your services yeah. or products. Yeah. You're going to get that balance right. I think that you've got to be the spokesperson for the business. You've got to be able to help present it because I think, especially what I'm seeing anyway, is business leaders want to hear about it in their own language. They don't want to be talked to, they don't want to be told about firewalls and switches and antivirus products. I don't understand that. Help me understand it from a business perspective. How does it impact my business? What's the risk? Yeah. If you talk to them and say, for example, about, uh, I don't know, the, the fact that if they're a manufacturing company, if their factory burns down, what happens? Mm. You, you can't manufacture your goods anymore. That's a massive risk to the business. They'll do everything they can to reduce that fire extinguishers, fire suppression systems, all those great things. If you say the same thing to them, like you're in, your factory could be taken down by a ransomware attack tomorrow and it could have the same impact as a fire in stopping you from doing your business mm -hmm. how much money are you investing today versus what you're spending on your manufacturing plant there'll be nowhere near as much invested in it for most businesses so helping them to understand that it's just good business is, is part parcel of the job and i think they want to hear that from the leader leaders of the business as opposed to us just promoting it through marketing material you know? yeah yeah and as you talk about risk and you are in the business of reducing risk I was talking to uh, a founder yesterday and they told me that their wife tells them that they have become a very negative person because as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for problems. You're always looking for either problems to avoid or problems yeah. to fix. So personally, many times it becomes a part of your personality. And when you carry that to, to your leadership team or when you carry that to family, where you need more of hope or inspiration or trust, that can sometimes create, create challenges. So I'm quite curious, since you are in like in the, you're, that's your business. That's what you need to talk about every day. How does that impact the rest of your life? Yeah, look, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we've always like, we've, we've, when you're a 30 man company, like I said earlier, you, you know, everybody, you're very close to everybody. You work really closely together. You know, you mm -hmm. really understand their values. You know, you, you help to help them with their, you know, to understand the values of the business. But when we start to really grow and scale quickly, we've gone from 30 people like six years ago to now 150 people across the world. So a relatively quick growth for a business of our size. And along that journey, myself and our chairman, we sat down and said, like, we just don't want the culture to change. We want it to feel like this kind of 30 man company. We want the same values because everybody that was around us, we looked at, we'd look around and go, oh, we want these people to continue that, that that same culture. So we said very early on, like what we really cared about, maybe as more earlier than most startup organizations would do. We just said, it's really key because we want to enjoy what we do. Like we want to mm -hmm. love what we do. And we, we really want to make sure that we're, everybody else enjoys it as well. So one of the things we really focused on was positivity. 
Because like you say, it's very negative, right? We're finding, yeah. we're either dealing with people's being breached and they're, frust- they're frustrated, they're struggling. We're trying to really help them, but there's only so much you can do. Go in there and start down with them in the business and helping them to get out of this big hole that they're in because they've been breached and they've got all these big issues. So you have to be fairly pragmatic about how you approach security. And yeah, so it's, you, we've always tried to keep that kind of positive spin on it, that you, we're going to find a way through this and we're going to solve these problems. And the same is true within business. So you're always bumping into problems. Yeah, okay, you always try to look for the problems ahead that you're going to see yeah. facing, but stuff just creeps up on you really quickly. And issues happen on a daily basis, especially when you're building tech products as well, as you probably familiar speaking to tech founders, I'm sure. There's always times where things are just broken and breaking around you and they're all yeah. fire having to try and fix things. And so I think it's always about pushing that, pro- pro- promoting that in your values. It's about constantly talking to people about it. We do it through, we do quality business updates. So every mm-hmm. quarter we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We are as transparent as we can be. You know, there's certain things you're seeking that you can't share with the business, but mm-hmm. we try to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. It also helps others to come forward and build that, that confidence, to bring that confidence in. They know what's going on within the business. They know how we're doing and how we're succeeding. I think it, it brings a lot to it to be able to allow you to, you know, yeah. to understand it. Yes. Yeah. And how else have you continued to take care of that? It's not just uh, the positivity by hiding something negative. As you said many times, many of your conversations can be frustrating or you might have to deal with these emotions, which are very disempowering if you carry it forward. So how have you supported yourself or your team? in dealing with this emotionally. So that positivity becomes like an integration of what is happening, not like just cover over something which is, let's say, negative. Yeah, I think it's to hit it head on. It's to, to bring it head on. Like, I think it does, to some degree, come back to the first principles that mm-hmm. on a concept, right? which is that there is going to be a way to solve this problem. There always is. And there's, sometimes it's going to take longer and sometimes it's going to, it's going to be much faster, but there's always a way to solve it. And I think a lot of the reasons why people get negative about something is they can't see a direction. They can't see a way forward and they're struggling to identify how to fix that problem. And they, they can procrastinate rather than let's hit it head on. Let's get into it early. And it's the same true with our, with our customers. If you sat down with them early on and you said, look, this is where your problem is. This is how you've, you've managed to get into the situation you're currently in. There are ways to solve this problem and there are many ways to do it. Here's the one that's the fastest way to solve initially, but there's a long-term strategy, a long-term game. And there's also a lessons learned thing that within is a general best practice within cybersecurity. Once you've solved the problem, you go back and you revisit the problem. You relook at it and you say, okay, what could we have done any better? And I think that a lot of the time you, so you're running at the problem, especially in the early stages when you're growing a business, you're running at the problem so fast. You forget to take the time to step back and go, okay, how do we make this better in the future? And how do we solve those problems? And it's way more mature than most startups, I would say, tend to think about it. I think it's more as leading into the kind of enterprise approach to things. And I get it. Most of the time, you're just trying to get out of the way of, pro- of problems, right? You, you yeah. don't want to produce more policies or procedures or strategies or that you just want to get on with it. Let's, let's keep right. building. Let's keep innovating. Let's keep driving things yeah. forward. But I don't think you can innovate without taking that step back. So in yeah. scenario, you're really stretched or stressed or having problems. Yeah. Um, I think you need and to- how do you do that for yourself? Uh, like it, it's so tempting sometimes to just go on with the next problem. How do you step back, take some breathing space for yourself? Yeah, I'm really bad, right? I'm the type of CEO that type, prefers to roll my sleeves up and lead from the front. 
And I appreciate that coaching is, is one of those things you need to do to put the pressure onto others, to help them to coach themselves and to get the experience. But I'll tend to be the person that goes along on that journey with them. I'll be alongside them. Like, so if we have significant issues with customers where we're having to solve that problem, I'll be there. I'll be there with them. I'll, I'll be in front of the customer saying, look, we're going to do better. And this is how we're going to solve it. I would say that I, I definitely, I think the one thing I've always been and will always be is that person that is also willing to show vulnerability to say, look, I'm, I'm bad at this as well, we, mm-hmm. but we can this thing together. And I think that works really well. I think people have more trust and faith in you and than the CEO that never gets anything wrong. That's not the type of person that I am. Yeah. I always help them to understand. Yeah. You've yeah. got to be, you're not, nobody's infallible, right? Everybody yeah. has assists and their challenges. Yeah. But I think coming back to the, like, how do you help others and how do you make sure that you make them successful? I think it really is lead them on the journey. Coaching never comes naturally, I don't think, to anybody. I think some people are yeah. better than others. You've got to practice it. You've got to make sure you practice it. Yes. Yeah, and I think especially for men, I think it's even more difficult to be open, to be vulnerable, to ask for help. Uh, uh, and I think there is a gender element here because that's how we grow up, right? As Especially as men, like yeah. you have to be tough. You don't have to show up or cry or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we are living in a very different world right now. But I can remember when I started my career 20 years ago, that was a very different world where like, even just being emotion, emotional would be seen as a, as a weakness. And you would yeah. not get uh, like either the promotion or the business if you can uh, really be open. And that it takes time to get over that uh, that conditioning. It empowers yeah. others. I think it really yeah. empowers. Like if yeah. you say, I don't know how to solve this problem either. Like we've got to mm. try and work this together. Let's do yeah. more. Do more heads are better than one, right? So the more mm. people we help to try and solve the problem. But I do. Yeah. I would say that just to counter that to some degree, there is a certain element when you're leading and growing a company of just. Too many people getting involved and having too many decisions. We've, I've seen it myself, right? You get too many people's opinions on things. You tend to land up just really delaying the process. And sometimes it just does just need a, a full, small selection, a, hand, you know, a handful of people that just says, this is the direction we're going to take, whether people like it or not. And sometimes you just have to take that leadership decision. Yes. You have to be decisive as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's a both hand. It's not either or. It's it's a both hand. How can you be open, listening, empathizing, and yet choosing when you need to choose to lead, uh, yeah. and then deal with like people not being happy or people not like having all the opinions said. Deal with that, but without without getting disempowered. So thank you yeah. for yeah sharing that. Also, as we wrap this up, is there anything else that that you would like to share about yourself that most people around you are not aware of? I would say probably more of the things that I think would help other organizations, I think, is some of the things that I think we've bumped into along the way that are very difficult. I think over the last few years, like especially things like raising money have been particularly hard. I think mm-hmm. trying to fundraise is a, it's for any founder or business leader, it's probably one of the hardest things you're going to do. And we very much were of the opinion that we could do it ourselves. And I think we very much now realize that's not the case. We don't talk on the same level. I think it's getting, I, I think certainly you have, it's, it's a bit like you, it's your baby. You can't see any flaws in it mm-hmm. and you, you, you love it so much. You can't understand why nobody else would, but you quickly realize that it's when you're raising money or you're trying to understand how to position a, a business to somebody, it's more of a marathon than a, than a sprint. It's going to take a long time. You've got to build relationships. You've got to prove traction. You've got to 
tell a really compelling story. It's not just as well about the innovate the 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 entrepreneurs. I would say that, that necessarily. I think experience does help, and I think having some sort of a background and having done it before definitely does drive better responses when you're trying to raise money. But it's not just about that. I think it's certainly about being passionate, but making sure that they ultimately understand the vision of the company and that you need good numbers, basically. You need a good way to position it. And, and founders are not necessarily always the best people to be able to do that. And I don't think even yeah. a CFO or a, or a financial expert is really the best person to, to really sell your business. You need experts. And that's certainly what we've experienced is you're better going to somebody else that can help you to grow and you know, to, mm. to build the picture to, to make sure that you're, you're delivering the right picture out to the customer and sorry to the investors that you're trying to talk to. Hmm. And, and also the other thing I would just lastly say is on that point as well, is that they're your partners. They're not your saviors. They're not going to come in there hmm. until you make an amazing business. They're there to, they trust in you. And they're going to say, we backed your plan. We backed your strategy. That's what we're investing your money in. You've got to go and do it now. And I wouldn't say that they're cutthroat enough to necessarily interject and to change the direction of the company but they're backing you. So if you're the type of person that's sitting there going, we're just going to go and get some investors, hopefully they give us more money and tell us how to do yeah. this, what great the company, you're going to be silly, sorely disappointed. Yeah, You've got to really know what you're going to do before you take that money on. And you've got to be comfortable that you can deliver that. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be held accountable for it. Absolutely. I think the common thread uh, that I'm listening is that, that balance, right? So you're trusting somebody, you're bringing in experts, but you're still not giving up your responsibility. Nobody's coming to save you, you still have to be the leader. You have still have to trust others, but still hold others accountable, hold yourself accountable and be yeah. in the driving seat, even as you coach and empathize and all of that. So thank yeah. you for sharing your story. What is the best way for anybody who might be listening to reach out to you to find out more about what you're up? Yeah, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to get in contact with me. I share a lot of content to help businesses to understand cybersecurity. So if you're a business out there that's worried about security then uh, connect with me or follow me on linkedin um, you'll be able to find me easy enough just look my name up i've got a very um unique name you, there won't be another one on LinkedIn <laughs> my name um so yeah and, and look again like I'm, I'm more than happy to help other businesses not just in the cybersecurity space if somebody's struggling out there or wants some advice or some suggestions then feel free to reach out to me i'd happy, happily give you uh, this is what i can and if i've got any experiences that will help other businesses to be successful then i love to support others thank you so once again thank you ollie for coming on the show and i think sharing everything that you shared as we end i would like to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you thanks so much it's been great meeting with you and following the podcast thanks a lot for what you're doing i think it really supports others thank you it was a pleasure that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with somit gupta I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. 
This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.